0: Good afternoon, my name is Stephen Capaldo, from Capaldo with Love, Wheelbarrow Man. Uh, Welcome to another uh, segment of the podcast. This is uh, actually episode number 26 on the 2nd of July, 2020. Episode number 1 was on the 26th of March, 2020. So the 26th of March was the first one, and the 26th one is on the 2nd of July. Welcome, thank you for tuning in. Uh, today I'm going to talk about something that I call, uh, I'm going to call love actions, what what we do uh, to show the love of God in our lives. Um, and it's not, it, it won't be, you know, a deep uh, theological message, but I, I think that, you know, I've, I've decided, you know, really, that really what my, my, my calling is not to be some kind of theologian or pastor or, you know, have a, have a church or something like that. On the other hand, I do believe I have a calling to say something to somebody it's just a question of uh, you have to keep learning and studying and growing in knowledge and growing in wisdom and growing in faith to come to the point where you understand what it is that you could tell people and actually be useful to them. And I could be useful in perhaps giving thoughts on how to approach the truth of the Word of God, uh, how to apply it, You know what things you can do practically in your life to reflect the love of God, and, and in particular to emphasize the point that, anybody can show the love of God, anybody. Um, and just because you have certain academic qualifications or professional qualifications, or, a, you know, a certain level of, uh, confidence, which may or may not be justified in, in reality, uh, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you, you'll actually be effective in showing the love of God. You really need some humility and, uh, ego and pride i don 't I don't condemn them outright because I think they can be used in in a positive way, ego and pride, but they can be very easily spiraling out of control as well, and then they 're not positive but what i 'm just trying to do in these podcasts is to you know discuss what 's going on and what we can do to reflect the love of God in christ and I think that uh, if there are theological differences of opinion on certain points, I think we, we you know each one just has to has to search for that you know and you know be be like the Bereans as scripture says is just uh search and come up with the conclusions you come up with and and we may differ on some theological points here and there, but I think on the essentials uh that 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 God is love um and I think basically there's there's quite if you look at different uh, the history of different cultures and civilizations they've all basically come to the conclusion that this this entity this divinity that we call God the Most High or the Almighty Creator it has really got three parts so whether you call it a tr- Trinity or a three in one but there are three basic components of of uh, uh, God there is the the Creator part there is the the um, um, the restorer part, you know, the the spirit, uh, the, the spirit restores from death to life, and then there's the preserver part, which is the Son, and preserve means to save, so that's how in Christian theology we came up with this, you know, salvation and savior and this and that, because really that's the the the, the Son, the Christ, Jesus Christ, in all of the different manifestations, uh, including Jesus of Nazareth, who gave us the cross, uh, the Son is the one who preserves us for the Father and leads us to the Father by means of of, uh, the Spirit, the the Spirit of the Almighty. So, uh, Jesus of Nazareth gave us the cross Uh, physically, I I believe physically, I know there are people who don't, but I believe physically Jesus of Nazareth did give us the cross as a symbol of love and forgiveness. God already loved us and forgave us, but the, the cross is a physical symbol of the, this. This is it. Believe, believe, believe it. You can believe it. We're made in the image and likeness of the Almighty. We're sons and daughters of the Almighty, just as the the Son, um, Jesus of Nazareth, and actually the Son revealed in many Christ revelations, including the 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 Last Adam, Jesus of Nazareth. He's he's the Son. He showed us the love and forgiveness as he died and rose for us. And since we are mostly uh, spiritual, and our relationship with God is mostly spiritual, we have the cross not only as a physical symbol, but it is especially a spiritual symbol. It is a symbol um, of how we are to live our lives, lives of love and lives of forgiveness. Uh, We've been forgiven, so we have to forgive. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that we agree with something that someone did. No, no. Uh, And I'm going to talk about that later when I talk a little bit about compassion. Uh, we don't necessarily say oh that's okay that you you did this this terrible thing, but you forgive just as just as we've been forgiven that's that work is done you know we don't have to go back over that you know now we can resist the love of God, we can reject the love of God, you know, and we can continue to live in Babylon instead of living in the kingdom of God. We can do that, but uh if you look at what we're going through now and, um, you know, where we eventually will be, which will be much better, uh, the the people who have received the most truth of the Word of God and applied it to their lives, those individuals who've received the, the, the greatest amount of logos, the Word of God in Christ, those are the ones who are going to be the best off as we go through this shaking that we're going through and when we come out the other side of it. Because really, the way the Creator does his creation is that there are different cycles and each one is better than the last one, but it's a, it's a procedure until eventually there's, there's total unity, right? With, with the father. But, uh, we go through these different cycles, but in between these different si- cycles, there is a shaking that takes place and the, and the Bible talks at great length about the shaking that took place before the destruction of Jerusalem and, uh, of, uh, shakings to come, and we're going through one right now, and I think it was a surprise to people, but in between these two stages of creation, the lesser one, society has degenerated to a certain point, then the shaking, and then a greater cycle of creation, and then up and up and up and up. But in between the two, two cycles, any two cycles, you have to go through this period of shaking, and we're going through rather an intense one now, uh, starting with this uh, this uh, planned uh, this this planned pandemic um the the seasonal illnesses have been hijacked and you know exaggerated into uh you know the covid19 pandemic which is the excuse for collapsing the economy because there's going to be some kind of reorganization of the economy and god can use all of these distractions he can use his own power he can use you know he can he can (coughs) he can uh channel his power, if you want to put it that way, through individuals and through circumstances to achieve his purposes. And so we have all these distractions. Uh, COVID-19 round one. The riots. COVID-19 round two. Uh, We have uh, vaccinations. We have uh, 5G. And, you know, we should be focusing more on uh, 5D because we're in the three-dimensional reality, but as we ascend to different levels of... uh, um, different levels of knowledge of the truth in christ you know we have we have a different body right, and so it 's we 're not just functioning in a three dimensional way we have we have, you know we go up you know fourth fifth, and so that 's uh, you know we should be looking at those things and and taking them to heart and really using this time. Yes, to prepare, and I've talked a lot about preparation and things you can do and uh, to, to make the best use of the time and to be ready for things that might happen during the shaking, during the shaking uh, could be that you know there'll be storms and, and uh, times uh, without power and times uh, without food, and uh, you know the internet might go down, you know there are things like this that might happen as we make the transition from the previous cycle to the next cycle, which is all part of God's creative will, right God's creation. So we need to be prepared physically, but especially we need to be prepared spiritually. And I think that's that's kind of an obvious le- lesson that we all should have learned from, you know, what has been happening for the last few months. And um, some people might ask, you know, well, why does God allow all of this? Uh, well, <laughs> he's the eternal divine intelligence of the universe, right? I mean, this is, uh, he... he he has certain energy and powers himself, and he uses them the way he wants to use them to uh, organize his creation, right? And to move it from one stage to the next. You know, a better stage, a better stage, a better stage. But it's just one of his rules is that you, you know, uh, I guess in the the everyday world, we have expressions like uh, no gain without pain or something like that. So I think, you know, people now, are experiencing a certain degree of pain but it's going to be for a gain which is much better than what we had because you know if you can possibly think back to pre-COVID-19 if you can think back to a time when there was no COVID-19 there was a time not that long ago uh, we know the world wasn't doing so well at that point right so okay so, this is the shaking you know God is shaking things up and allowing things to be shaken up and using people and using circumstances and um uh, you know, I can get into that uh, later in other messages, but um th- this is this is how it works, you know, and we're going to be entering into something much better if you start following you know things, and I'm not saying you have to agree with everything that you know this one or that one says, but if you start following things like you know what's what's sort of the trend line that's you know that, uh, you know, a group like you has been talking about. What's the trend line? Not do you agree with every single thing, but what's the trend line? And what about something like Nassara, Jassara? Have you done research on that to find out what that's about? Have you done research on uh, the, the crown and the Vatican, their history, and the legitimacy of the, of the crown, and what might happen if the crown is really not legitimate? Have you done research on that? And have you been able to see how certain things fit together? Right, And, you know, there are a lot of things like that that are, that are coming to light. Information is coming out, but it has to be checked. Of course, we have to be like the Bereans. I'm not suggesting we just believe everything that comes out there. But when things come out here and there and another place and another place, well, you start to think this is something worth checking out. And I, I've had people, I've had uh, friends and, and YouTube colleagues as well, you know, suggest some things that, that maybe I should take a look at. And, you know, it's been very rewarding. And, uh, you know, you you have to submit everything that you see to critical scrutiny. But um, I, I can certainly approach the future with hope, not naive, silly hope, but, you know, real real hope is that, you know, we've got, you know, we went, we came through a cycle and now we're being shaken and we're going to head into another cycle. And how far... Away, when will we be through the transition? When will be we be on the other side of this shaking and be into the new cycle? Well, that's hard to know. You know, there's speculation. You know, this decade, the next decade, maybe the 40s. I mean, it's hard to know that kind of thing. We're not. You know, I'll go back to the Bible. We don't set dates right for all of these events, and which you know, uh, you know, the Bible has very specific theological names in the various versions of the Bible that have come out, and you don't you can go with those names, but don't use them to divide people. And you don't, if you don't want to go with those names, you can come up with some other names. But I mean, there is some kind of, you know, rapture and resurrection and second coming and millennium and judgment and world to come. I mean, there is all, all of that is part of this, but I mean, it's, uh, if, if you just try to pick it apart on almost like vocabulary and then just kind of, uh, engage in, uh, debates, academic debates with people and try to win the academic debates, try to write the better book and make more money over some, uh, interpretation of prophecy. I don't think that's really the point. The point is how is God showing his love, the father as creator, how does he show his love throughout creation and how does that work? You know, how does that work? So anyway, we're here for the time that we're here. And so how do we show love? What would be examples of love actions? And I, I'm not talking about big actions. I mean, certain people, uh, are truly in a position to extend great generosity and uh, philanthropy to people sometimes ph- philanthropy be careful sometimes philanthropy and generosity are hiding a different agenda so you have to be somewhat wise in evaluating you know and assessing you know what's uh, what's going on with uh, some of the philanthropy that we we hear about but as far as i'm concerned you're showing it, it's it's an act of love or a love action if you care for an aging parent, and you know m- many people have been in that position where they have to care for an aging parent in some fashion. And this is not to judge uh, anyone how they do it or whether or not they do it or is the person in a facility or can the person be with family in a, fa- a family home. Uh, there's no judgment. All of that you have to do what you're comfortable with. But just the idea that uh, you you know you don't you, you don't let an aging family member just kind of drift away in misery that you come to their rescue, you come to their aid. That would be an example of something that you do in the love of God. Uh, Or do you help a struggling family member? If a family member is struggling in some way, and a a lot of times, you know, pride gets in the way. Pride is manifested in a negative way, and uh, people don't think they need your help. Or they want your help, but you're not being generous enough. And, you know, this type of thing. Helping a struggling family member, yes, it is an act of love, but... uh, Sometimes it reminds me of the expression, no good deed goes unpunished, because sometimes you get that reaction of, you know, why, why are you doing this, and, or you're not doing enough, or I don't need you, or, you know, F you, or, you know, whatever. You get, you get a lot of this, especially when you try to help uh, people uh, close to you, uh, that, you know, the, you, you have a lot of dealings with, and uh, maybe maybe it wasn't exactly what you planned, but nonetheless, this is what it is. Uh, when you're kind to a child. I mean, that's to me, that's kind of the ultimate love gift, is when you're kind to a child. You know, Jesus said, that, you know, the way you treat children is the way you treat me. You know, the, the, you have to treat the, the the least of us, you know, better than anybody else. And this is what Jesus said, and this is what, what he lived by. So uh, being kind to children, because they're truly innocent. And, um, one of the disheartening and disgusting things that we know has been going on is all of these, uh, is the, the, the pedophilia and the child abuse and molestation that has been occurring, uh, among high placed people, high ranking people, people that we thought we should be able to trust and we never would have imagined. And yet all of these, uh, these, uh, Events that have been going on for years and years have been coming out of of people being unkind to children, you know, molesting them and tormenting them and eating their blood or whatever, sacrificing them. Um, How could people do these things? and well i'm going to talk about compassion a little way down my list here but uh, you know it's it, it it is it is hard it is hard for the person who's trying to be in christ a christian or a christian maybe is the way to put it but not but without religion without christianity or any other any of the abrahamic or other religions if you're trying to be in christ it's hard to take you know the the it's hard to fathom and it's it's hard to take it's hard to uh tolerate it you know mentally and emotionally that people would do do such horrible things to children, innocent children. Uh, Have you prayed for healing for another person? Now, maybe you're able to heal the person. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I I think that uh, God is the one who heals if he uses people, uh, if he goes uh, through people to heal someone. I don't know. Have you ever laid laid hands on someone for healing? And it might just be healing that you would talk to them. It might have some healing effect. You might not be able to heal a physical illness, but it, it could be. The thing is, is it truly of God or not, but have you have you have you done your best to promote or bring about uh, healing uh, physical mental emotional of of someone else? Uh, have you fed a hungry person and I know sometimes this can be very awkward because uh, sometimes uh, maybe people feel like they're being taken advantage of and um, you know that if 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 the person kind of got a little bit more organized maybe they could take care of themselves you know so but so you have to pick your spots but feeding a hungry person that would be an example of uh, uh, of acting in love but love yourself don't allow yourself to be abused or taken advantage of have you ever found a seeking person someone who just was kind of lost but they, they they kind of wanted to know what was really going on and what's really truth did you ever try to teach truth give knowledge knowledge and wisdom the logos of god and christ give that truth to someone who is seeking? Or do you just kind of hang back and say, well, you know, I, I don't know, I, I don't want to risk, I don't want to make myself vulnerable to uh, critical attacks or um, some type of scrutiny, maybe they'll think I'm full of it, if I tell them what I really believe. But have you tried? I mean, this, yeah, I think, you know... Um, one of uh, one of the uh, one of the Christian Zionist pastors who's very <clears throat> very prominent, very well known, uh, he teaches that you don't uh, you don't talk about uh, Jesus Christ or what Christians call the gospel to Jewish people because they have a free pass basically. And well, no, no, they don't. I mean, if there's an opportunity to talk about Jesus Christ, then it doesn't matter. We're all one. We're all one. Uh, we're all made in his image and in his likeness. And if there's an opportunity to talk about Christ to someone, you don't say, well, I can't really, or I don't really need to, or I really shouldn't because this person is Jewish. They've got their own deal going on. No, truth is truth, and truth is for everyone. And um, we all, uh, you know, we we all need God. You know, we need We need God. We need Father, Son, and Spirits. I mean, this is because we're because we have that internal desire. We're made in His image and likeness, so we have that desire uh, to to believe in and to be in and to live with God, because that's just how we're created. That's part of the creative design. And now, finally, uh, compassion. Uh, I'm at this. uh, You know, when you see evil things happening, like pedophilia and this type of thing, molesting and just evil, evil things happening. How do you show compassion while not consenting? Because you don't want to consent to the evil. You can't consent to the evil. But how do you show compassion? How can you mentally and emotionally bring yourself to the place of acknowledging that these evil deeds are from people who themselves are completely broken, terribly broken? How do you do that? Well... I think you have to practice that I think you have to pray about that and meditate about that because compassion is very important and to get through this cycle this this or in, inter intercycle this shaking that we're going through between cycles of creation to get through it uh it takes a lot of compassion because we see a lot of things going on you know this uh, whatever you want to call it the the globalists the, the the deep state whatever you want to call it we see a lot of uh A lot of malignant activity taking place, you know, which is contrary to the word of God and contrary to the love of God. How do we show compassion for these people? Well, that's a hard thing to do. But really, if we're called, uh, if we are being called back to God through Christ, then we have to let the spirit develop compassion in us. Have you ever canceled the financial debt of someone? Now, if you research things like Nassara and Jasara, you might find some very interesting things about debt. But, you know, having a financial debt, it's not contrary to the word of God, but charging interest on it is contrary to the word of God. But have you ever just canceled someone's debt, including the interest? And a lot of the debt that people accrue because uh, for mortgages and other types of loans and debt instruments... Uh, it's it really is not lawful because the, it's not uh, you're being loaned money that isn't real money. So how why are you paying interest on money that isn't even real money? The bank doesn't have to keep all that money in the bank to lend to you. They just put a number that ends in zeros and that's your loan, and then you have to pay interest on that money. Uh, and that money doesn't even exist, but you have to pay that and you have to pay the interest. Now, so is that legal? Is that ethical? Is that moral? You know, have you ever canceled someone's debt, including the interest? If you have encountered a person who is experiencing homelessness, uh, do you guide them to real assistance? Now, it might be awkward for you to bring them into your own home, or you might. You do what you're comfortable with. But have, have you come up with some idea where you could guide them to a place where they could get some assistance, could get some help, if you don't believe that you're in a position to invite them into your own home? Do you do anything to stand against social injustices racial discrimination any of these things that go on in society uh and any of these uh fights that many times are being artificially uh whipped up uh, but you know underneath i mean there are social injustices and there has been racial discrimination and There is a reality there that we should be standing against. Now, a lot of the division that we see now, this this is kind of, as I say, this is kind of artificially um, created, but I mean the real deal, when there really is injustice and hatred and discrimination, do you take a stand against these things? Do you oppose the government when the government is overreaching, when the government is interfering in your life? Um, You know, if the government cannot prove scientifically that masks save lives, should the rulers be telling us that we have to wear masks? I mean, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask if you think that will help you in this particular situation. But without scientific evidence, I mean, politicians love to say masks save lives. Okay, where is your scientific proof of that? And if you don't have scientific proof, then you leave it up to the common sense of the people involved. You know, you wear a mask if you want. If you don't, you don't. You want to keep distance, keep distance. You don't, you don't. You want a vaccination, get a vaccination. You don't, you don't. Leave it up to the common sense and maturity of grown-up people. It seems to be the point, rather, to treat us like children. But really, do you oppose government overreach, government interference? Because you do have the right to your own personal... Sovereignty, or liberty, or freedom, whatever you want to call it. Uh, sovereignty, I like that word, personal sovereignty. And you do have the right to free will, as long as you're not harming others. That's all. And do you refrain from interfering in other people's personal lives? You know, how they live at home, or who they do business with or don't do business with? Do you interfere in that, that or do you do the correct thing and mind your own business? And, uh, finally, an example of, uh, an act of love would be to have a vision in life and to create, create, create around that vision, create some type of home sanctuary, a, a loving and sharing community, some, some type of, uh, creative content, some type of growing, some type of, uh, building, but have, have a vision for a life and cre- create that, create home and hearth, create sanctuary, have a family if that's possible and, you know, love your family and. Use your creative abilities and and build and develop and grow and all of that. That's that's all that has to do with love. So I'll stop there and uh, thank you for listening. I'll just go on to the prayers and we'll close the message. So Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. For he will rescue you from the hunter's trap and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is body, armor, and shield. You will not fear the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the scourge that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the wicked paid back. For you have made the Lord your dwelling, who is my refuge, even the Most High, who is my refuge. So no evil will befall you, nor any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge over you, to guard you in all your ways. Upon their hands they will lift you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, trample the young lion and serpent, because he has devoted his love to me. Says the Lord God, I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high, because he knows my name. When he calls on me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, rescue him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures; He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our Father, who art in heaven,